Welcome, everyone, to Polk and Kush. It is Thursday, January 12th, 2022. We are coming to you from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Metairie, Louisiana, and we are excited to be here. The Nagatomi Plaza from <laughs> Die Hard, whatever it's called. They, I, I think it's still standing in like somewhat uh, some studio, you know, in in Burbank. It's a real, it's a real building. It's a real building. Yeah, yeah. people conduct business there. Yeah, and you know, you go look at it at Christmas and think, <laughs> boy, I wish I'd been there <laughs> at this movie. <laughs> yeah, I wish this movie was real, and also I was in it. <laughs> That's a whole thing where people go to sites of where they shot movies. Like yeah. it wasn't real. It's like I understand going to some place where the real thing happened, but going to a place where they shot a movie of something, I was like, I. And it's very popular, but it's very weird. To you're me. you're speaking to the Polk family childhood here. <laughs> we went to. I'm like seven, and I'm at Mystic Pizza. Like I don't even know what this is. Northern Exposure, which is not in Alaska. It's. <laughs> in like Maine or something. We were all over the place. We rode in the plane from Wings. <laughs> <laughs> the, the um I remember going to the the place where they did Seinfeld, like just the outside of Seinfeld, like the diner. Yeah. Uh which is just a just a restaurant next to Columbia. Yeah, my parents have a picture in front of there. <laughs> They, this, just, seriously, they do. Just dozens of people standing outside. I was like, "It's just the, a picture they took in front of a building." I was like, "This isn't like yeah. Seinfeld was filmed in Los Angeles." Yeah, and the restaurant looks nothing like what it was. No, the outside does because it's a picture of it. <laughs> My uh, the the guy that claims to be the inspiration for Kramer does tours. Yes. to that restaurant. I think it's called Mona's or something. I think it was. Palms. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, he transitioned. <laughs> but they went there, all that stuff. That's wild. It's just, we went to the uh, the park in San Francisco where they shot like the full house opening. Uh -huh. It's a it's a known park. A bunch sure. of TV shows are there. And we uh, you know, went to Melmac to meet Alf. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there was one time I was in New York and they were doing a pop-up of Central Park. So they made a place in the Upper East Side, like not far from Katz's, and they made it look like Central Park. Oh, they put wow. all the stuff that they would have in the show. And the line to get in, it was literally blocks long. And I was like, what kind of mouth-breathing lunatic do you have to be to stand in a line for hours take hours out of your vacation to stand in a line to go take a picture next to something that looks like something you saw on tv was gunther there <laughs> like, no there was no, nobody there it was like an art exhibit i was like i i, I get it like it looks like the, it's not where they shot it it's not nobody your boy matthew perry has never been there he never did blow there never once it's just they made it to look like it. Was this uh, the couch, in a coffee shop? Was this the couch tour from like five years ago? No, that was different. Okay, yeah. I went to the couch tour not on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> I was at a hotel that that was occurring at, and they had like the apartment door. You know, there's like a purple door with like a yellow yeah. picture frame around the the 
peeping eye uh-huh. thing. Sure. And I took a photo at it. I was like, I guess I have to. <laughs> I, have to. I don't here. like Friends, but you know. I enjoy Friends. I think Friends is a good show because I'm basic white man with a, with a basic white family. Just just turn on like the Yule log at that point. What are you? What are you I getting like out of Friends? I I still like to watch Friends. Are whenever. you laughing? Uh, sometimes, yeah. sometimes, yeah. One of Chandler's quips. Yeah, he's quick. He's witty. The monkey. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Marcel the monkey. Marcel. Yes. yes. No, I enjoy. I, I'm not too proud to admit I enjoy Friends from time to time. Yeah. The yeah. CD was circling around uh, our house when we were kids. Yeah. It had like Phoebe's songs and stuff. Oh my on god. It. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a y'all. Y'all really had a television based childhood, huh? We have a television based relationship. <laughs> it's, it's still going. And at, like any time, like it'll be Christmas, and I'll be like, "Did you see the d- American Idol?" I'm like, "No, mother. I have told you for 28 years I don't watch American Idol." And she'll be like, "Well, Clay Aiken is on there." <laughs> I'm watching Party Down for the 65th yeah. time. <laughs> oh God! Uh, did you get in anything remotely interesting this week? Uh, after our UNO game, I I've all week I've just been standing underneath the plaza tower hoping debris <laughs> hits me so i can sue the city yeah how big of a piece of scaffolding would have to fall off or you know just like a a, a roof shingle would have to hit you in order for you to kind of be set for life well i think the the problem would be who do i sue yeah, if i point. sue the city i'll win uh-huh. and i'll just never see the money i'll That's have to true. sue the guy that owns and he has multiple dilapidated property. He has like the creepy Silent Hill mental hospital mm-hmm. uh, in the Bywater. Um, so I'll just sue him. And it's probably I, under a shell company that can't possibly. I'm sue sure me. they'll they'll give me some hush money, or they'll just murder me. So. <laughs> Maybe the shingle will murder you. <laughs> Job complete. We'll see. Uh, no, I haven't done anything. I haven't um, been anywhere. No shows, no concerts. I got Louis coming up. I'm very excited about that. Nice. Louis C.K. I think he's at the Sanger. He needs some uh, promotion, right? I'm going to go there. <laughs> and then when I see like all the dopey comedian friends protesting in front of it, I'll be like, yeah, that's what I'm here for. And then I'll go in, Lock in. and be on stage. <laughs> Are you opening? No. Okay. Not that'd be yet. cool if you Not did. Not yet, at least. Yeah. That'd be cool. We'll see. Um uh, what did you think of our privateers experience? I had a blast. It was uh, fun. Uh, they destroyed Lamar. Destruction. It was like twenty. It was like twenty-two. They covered the spread. They did. We know that. That much, much we know. We definitely you know made that. Sports Center. You jumped up <laughs> in the highlight reel. Uh, Omar Henry, man, he's good. Yeah, true he, freshman from Memphis. He can dunk the shit out of the ball. That was great. Uh, exact same spread as last time. Katie's fried chicken, not complaining. Very good. Pretty strong. Yeah. And then I took both kids on Saturday. Uh, I took, you have three children. Yeah. Sorry. Both kids that can walk. I took the two of them <laughs> to, uh, to the game and it was a slightly, uh, less relaxing experience than going with you as I tried to, well, one of them ran on the court. Thankfully mm. there was a free throw going on on the other side as he ran just straight across the court. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one just kept asking me repeatedly if he could shoot on the basket. I'm like, no, they're playing a fucking game. I know you're three years old, but you have to understand that you can't just run out there and shoot while they're playing the game. And he's just like, 
he wasn't taking that for an answer. Would he have, like, if you'd been at LSU, would he have? <laughs> I don't know. I do wonder that. I mean, we probably wouldn't be sitting on the floor. I think that was probably confusing, not. you know, just the idea that, like, I'm right here. There's a goal right there. I have a little ball in my hand. Like, I can just do this. Um, but anyway, you know, great family fun. You can disrupt a whole lot of things, and no one really seemed, no one got mad at me, so that was nice. I think that's their selling point is <laughs> come here and do whatever. It's Vegas. <laughs> It was uh, it was good. The privateers won both games this weekend, so Man. hopefully they're on the right track. You uh, Tulane's been playing well, uh, and you know, it's been. Uh, I've gone to a lot of games. I went to that dog shit Saints game. Oh my god! Oof! Oh my! I took two kids to that game as well. Horrible. Your children. My children. Yes. Uh, and you drove there in the no limit tank, so. <laughs> Thing. We parked in the Superdome. That was just like, I'm not going unless we park in the Superdome. Uh, it is, dude, it, it was, it was awful. There was no, there was, there's, there was no energy. Actually, you know what? The crowd wasn't that bad. Yeah. The game just sucked. It was just an awful game. And it was, it was almost like laughable how bad things had gotten. And the Saints season is over now. And like, I'm just sitting there. Going like I can't I can't believe somebody in this organization is looking at this and going, Yeah, let's run this back. We're on the right track. Yeah, let's just stick let's see if this works better next year. Well, I saw concerning the game, I saw like Jeff Asher tweet that you could park a, f- a block from the Superdome at eleven thirty. Yeah. And it was like, no, somebody was parked there. The car was just stolen. <laughs> Yeah, there was actually a lot of traffic getting in. And like, I got there basically right at kickoff. But uh, it was a decent amount of people. It was not like the Saints had bad fans. Under a normal circumstance, there's no chance I would have gone. But it was a thing to do on a rainy day with little kids. Was it like a ship is going down atmosphere <laughs> where people are just <laughs> drinking to excess and don't Everyone care? Was, people are making out. It just felt like people were just trying to burn three hours of their life. Well, And that's what they did because it was the Saints scored on what the first drive and then nothing happened. They missed three field goals. And then they eventually lost, and I don't really even know how. I don't think the Panthers completed a pass the whole game. No. I mean, did you watch it? Did you take your time out of your Sunday to watch it? It was on. Yeah. Um, Sam Darnold uh, had a 2.8 passer rating. It was every time he dropped back to pass, he threw it away. It was two interceptions. It was like five completions total. (laughs) Oh, my God. And he won. (laughs) Yeah, because the Saints were horrible. Somebody... Making a decision, looked around that dome and was like, yeah, we're good here. I think we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Next season, everybody. Yeah. I am uh, disgusted with the state of the Saints at the moment. (laughs) The season is over. I think it's time to recap it. The recap is they suck. Yeah. They suck. They don't seem to realize they suck. Uh, Everybody else is firing coaches, coordinators, whatever of teams that miss the playoffs on what the NFL refers to as Black Monday. Uh, which is, you know, when everybody gets fired. The Saints did nothing. I mean, now maybe they might make a move in the next few weeks. It definitely won't be Dennis Allen. There's no reason that you'd fire him now. Uh, You know, a few days now past the uh, Black Monday. But it's a joke, dude. They're they're badly coached. They have such good uh, veteran leadership on defense that to give him credit for the defense still playing hard is ridiculous. 
Ridiculous. You have Tyron Matthew, Cam Jordan, and Demario Davis that are still out there playing. Yeah, of course your defense is still going to play hard. Like, that's not a, that has nothing to do with Dennis Allen. And those guys probably won't be back next year if you're in the position that you're in now, which is that you're hard up against the cap and you need to kind of reset. Maybe it's a secret plan to go 0-17 and get Caleb Williams. That's the best-case scenario right now. Is that a possibility? I would do it if I was them. I Do you think none of those three guys are coming back? Is I, that a, I would think one of them might. One of the three. If you're the Saints at this point, you don't have a quarterback. Now, they might go do something extreme. Shit, Sean Payton might come back, and then everything's totally different. Um, but if you're in this position as the Saints, you can't continue to keep these guys and have this highly paid defense, a super veteran-laden team, and not have a quarterback. It doesn't make any sense. You cannot win this way. All you're doing is spinning your wheels into this exact season of seven and ten, nine and nine and what were they nine and eight the year before? Like mm-hmm. you're just gonna be somewhere around this, which is purgatory and is meaningless. Like what is the point of this? So if the Saints are good citizens, they'll let Cam Jordan. If he wants to go, let him go. Tomorrow Davis, if he wants to go, let him go. And Tyron Matthew is just pretty simply washed. I think he's done. The big question mark that everybody is concerned about, will Marcus Davenport <laughs> enroll at Diesel Driving Academy and begin his truck driving career? Or will he come back to the Saints? Do you feel incredibly vindicated? A little bit. A little bit. You were standing on phone books going hey this is kind of insane to say for the preseason yeah there is nothing on the books to say this is his year we have not really seen anything from him over the last two three seasons and for everybody to be putting their chips in this unproven basket based solely on preseason seems a tad askew yeah and and this is the part that makes me a little crazy about the positioning of this franchise, which is they trade the first round pick to get Chris Olave. That's a sign that says we are all in for right now. Mm -hmm. Then during the preseason, every single media member in this city picks them to win at least 10 games. That's a sign that says you should have high expectations to perform right now. Then they suck ass. They're a bad team. They're a bad team that played a handful of decent games, most of which were miserable to watch, but they still found ways to win a couple of games. And it was terrible, and it was not a fun season in any possible way. The season ends, everyone's like, well, you can't fire the coach. How does that make any sense? It was such a forgettable season. It's very hard for me to recall the victories. Yeah, because they were... So they didn't feel like wins because they were so boring. Yeah. The first game of the season was against Atlanta. The Saints played terribly for three and a half quarters and came back and won. And that was like, well, hey, maybe they just, you know, found something late. Every other win, I cannot like. I think they killed the Raiders and they beat the Rams pretty bad. And every other game was just like they they won 14 to 10. There was no takeaway. There was no buildup. And really, nobody seemed to get better. Chris Olave was good from the start. And it didn't matter 
to to watch him become a better player this season because you still have such a giant question mark over quarterback. Yeah. Which still uh, is there, by the way. Yeah, they have not done anything. To in fact, it's worse than it was in the preseason. I, I thought that at this point a year ago, a year ago, I was thinking at this point now we would know who the quarterback would be. Yeah, I think Dennis Allen thought that as well. Mm -hmm. It was just such a fruitless season. Uh, there was no rhyme or reason not to play Jameis, and you got nowhere, and you upset your fan base. And is anybody looking forward to anything other than a complete and total reset? Yeah. I don't think so. It did feel like 17 games of wandering in the desert. You're not going anywhere. You're just walking. You're just going in circles. There's really no purpose at the end of it. They Because you didn't have a first-round pick, it was like, well, you're not going to root against them at the end of the season. Like, that doesn't matter. And so you're just left to say, what was the point of all of that? And there was no point. There was a hand, there was injuries. Every team has injuries. The Saints were particularly injured. Uh, so that certainly didn't help them. But I don't think it would have mattered as long as Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston was a starting quarterback. I don't think it would have made much of a difference. This team made Alvin Kamara look like shit. Alvin Kamara is incredible. He's an incredible NFL player. He looked mediocre at best this season he had very few moments where you're like oh man that guy's something special to watch everything was just blah and boring and the concept that you would want to do that again with the same coaching staff who did not inspire one thing he is he had already proved he wasn't a good coach at an earlier spot he's been with this franchise forever the whole point of this was that you would have a seamless transition into a coach that would not have to like rebuild the thing from day zero which doesn't happen in the nfl anyway and other coaches get fired after one year it's not unheard of to fire a coach after one year houston fired their coach before he was out of the locker room <laughs> they were tweeting like thanks it's like thanks you fired <laughs> yeah i guess they're not the model organization but no it's just I can understand why Dennis Allen got his shot. Yeah. But you think it would just be the one. Yes. And and that's what I'm saying is like, I understood the rationale because you thought what this season was going to be. And again, the local media all were completely on board with it. But now that he's not been fired, there's been zero outcry from the press here. And really from most fans, I feel like I feel that most fans don't like him, but they're not. There's not this crazy i feel like i'm taking crazy pills because i'm on there just going like what are we what are we doing here what's happening how is this guy still have a job how is this guy still the head coach going into next season you still have andy dalton is going to be your quarterback next year what are you doing this is the most rudderless meaningless ship that you are directing through right now it it could be worse i'm not saying it's impossible for it to be worse like the Broncos situation is horrific because russell wilson is very bad they're paying him a ton of money they fired their coach after one year not even one year um but it's like that's a bad situation the colts are in a disaster of a situation the there's other team i'm not saying the saints are the worst but it's pretty bad and it seems like you would want to turn it and switch everything on a dime and they're just not in any interest of doing that, it seems. I have seen some local media say the same things we're saying. Lance Moore in particular, Fletch to some degree. Yeah. It seems to be more on television than it does on NOLA.com or anything like that. Yeah. But I, I feel like people are just so preoccupied 
with uh, the doom and gloom of day-to-day life in New Orleans, <laughs> that maybe people are a little spent about arguing or getting upset about a football team, yeah. that they are used to stinking for the last yeah. year, yeah. two years. Yeah, it does feel like the passion of the fan base dwindled significantly this year yeah and that's a good thing for dennis allen because the passion just for the saints in general died down so yeah people aren't going to be screaming from the rooftops about dennis allen just yet yes once they hear this podcast they will (laughs) yeah that's where the we're the spark (laughs) that lit the flame that set the sea on fire um it is it is again it was all reasonable and now it feels unreasonable. It feels stupid. And it feels like everyone is just going along with it because they kind of like him or he's their guy. And I don't understand. Has that ever who, worked? Who, who likes Dennis Allen? I suppose Mickey Loomis likes him. Well, or I guess Gail Benson. He said he hadn't even talked to Gail Benson. I'm talking about like salt of the earth folk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, guess, I guess there's people in the Saints media corps who like him to some degree. But even then... They don't seem to, to stand up for him. They just sort of ignore the whole idea of it. A- and I've heard the, you know, like, who are you going to hire if you fire? It's like it's somebody. Yeah. Who gives a shit? There's 32 NFL jobs. You're going to pay the guy $6 million. Someone's going to take the job. There's plenty of people out there. Yeah. It's like Nathaniel Hackett sucked. They fired him. You know, it's like this is what you do when you, someone sucks. You don't just keep them around because maybe you can't get someone as bad his career record can't be worse it's almost impossible to have a worse record than what he does it's like this is insane and they just have this like uh they have this credibility built up from the peyton breeze era that like they still have just like this bank of trust from people going like where does that what, what are you doing here it's been two years since they were competitive it's been, and I guess they were technically in the thing the last week of the season last year, but they weren't good last year. No, they had a lot more mitigating circumstances, but they played hard throughout the season last year. This year was just shit, and I do, I do not understand where they get all of this um, haughtiness from that they don't that they're not going to change course that everything seems to be in good shape. Well, it seems like the blueprint now for an nfl team rebuilding is if you have not given away all your first round picks about three years with a little luck Mm -hmm. jacksonville is in the playoffs this year they're a fine team detroit was pretty good this year that dan campbell is doesn't have a lot of head coaching experience they were better than everyone in the nfc south yeah for sure yeah Uh, new orleans just needs to get on board with the idea of rebuilding wiping out and becoming a new team. Yeah. We got to cut ties to everything from the past, including Drew Brees and Sean Payton. And I said three, four, five episodes ago, I do not want to see Sean Payton darken the door of the Superdome once more, except whenever he's coaching the Broncos (laughs) next season. (laughs) And that seems to be the big question that's hanging out there, right? Is like, is Sean Payton going to come back? I do think that's the one scenario that they're not firing Dennis. Like, like, that's the Dennis Allen kind of mystery scenario. I think they'd push him right out the door if Sean Payton decided he'd come back. If he would generously, you know, uh, come back to this community for a mere $14 million a year or whatever he would ask for and full control of the team, maybe an ownership stake or something, if he would be that benevolent <laughs> to, to come back and grace us with his presence. 
Uh, that I could see happening, and I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he could do it. But I don't. I'm very tired already of hearing about the Sean Payton sweepstakes, the idea of what they can get for him, and all. It's like just let it play out. I don't like. I think they said three teams want to interview with him right now. Just tell me which one he signs with. Yeah. I mean, I don't. You know, it seems very silly. Literally, all of it just seems silly, and then. I also think there's probably the most likely scenario is the Saints giving him a kajillion dollars and him just coming back to the Saints. And then I don't know what happens from there because I feel like that means they're going to trade for a quarterback and they're going to not hit that reset button. They're going to do the exact opposite, which is continue to mortgage the future to like drain whatever remaining assets they have. If Sean Payton comes back, does anyone of meaning, of standing in the Saints community say well why did you do that yeah boy you really fucked us welcome back no one's he has still not explained why he left no one has actually gotten like on the record of him going like here's the reason i didn't want to coach this year he kind of alludes to it from time to time and the answer is the team sucks but he won't say it which makes it uh, even more clownish that he is uh, interviewing at Denver, who's worse than the uh-huh. Saints, um, Arizona, who's worse than the uh-huh. Saints, and someone else that is Houston. Houston, yeah, worse than worse the Saints. Because you know what? Does happened? he just hate New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> He's here all the time. It's not like that's what everybody thought he was just going to move. Like the way Drew Brees, like the minute that that playoff game ended and he threw 150 interceptions in that playoff game. And Jared Cook fumbled the ball. The minute that game ended, Drew Brees had his family on an airplane. They took off for San Diego, and they never have like spent a night here since. No. That is not Sean Payton. Sean Payton's here all the time. He still is in the community. He's still around. He's still playing golf at his country club here. Like He's around. He just didn't want to coach. He just left whatever, $10 million on the table because he didn't want to coach. And he hasn't really explained it. And maybe he has, but nobody's really reported it. It's a very odd scenario. It's because of how much he dislikes C.J. Gardner-Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's telling of that whole thing, I think, really started the fire with this team of like, okay, they can't get these guys all on the same page. They're going to have trouble. This this is no longer the Sean Payton locker room, you know, that he cultivated mm-hmm. for a period from 2006 to 2013, even when he was gone for a little bit. And then again, when they re- kind of started in 2017 up until last year, he is uh, he is a good head coach. No doubt. It would be nice to have a good head coach back there, but I, I'm just tired of the whole thing. Yeah, I it, it's just a, a circle and it's another another season between doing what the team needs to do. Yeah, the team needs to blow it up. And yeah, you, you're not going to blow it up with Sean Payton coming back. That's it's also just weird. It, it hasn't happened before. It is weird. Is Sean Payton a better coach than Dennis Allen? Of course. Is he a better coach than whoever the Saints will pick? Yeah, yeah. he is. But it is weird. Yeah, it's still it weird. It hasn't been done before, and it's not a long-term solution. Yeah. He left for some reason. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he again? Yeah. Move on. Yeah, well, Move on, girl. Uh, <laughs> You're better than him. 
Yeah, I I do wonder if people are going to start. This is the first season where the I feel like the bottom really dropped out of the secondary market for tickets, um, where tickets were like very plentiful available. Do you think they're going to have trouble for the first time since Katrina, kind of selling people going to these games, or do you think it will always be such a thing just to go to the Super Bowl? I mean, I think they're not going to have any problem selling tickets, but that is different than getting people to actually sit in those seats. That's fair. You know, First Bank, NBC, or whatever will buy 10 million tickets. Are people going to go down there and risk their car getting broken into to see Gardner Minshew throw four (laughs) interceptions? I don't know. Yeah, there's just a a, a very... Even the seven and nine teams with Peyton, it never felt like the enthusiasm level dripped, dipped this low because you still. Had it was Brees. still an exciting team. Exactly. You could still see a fifty-five point game. Yeah, it was frustrating to lose, but it wasn't boring. Most, right. most of the time, uh, this most home games were quite boring, and then most, really, most of the road games were just dreadful. Yeah, dreadful. They really watch. were. It, um, so I don't know. I mean, the Saints are in a weird rudderless position i wish they would just hit the abort button and and kind of flip everything around but it does not seem like they have any interest in doing that no we we need the reset yes hit the button everybody i know uh one team that does not need a reset uh but just needs to get an injection of health is their neighbors across the street the pelicans uh had a nice win in washington the other night uh they are as we speak they are down they just lost to the celtics by 11 uh another night we're just you know they're missing everybody man like what can you even say about this roster right now it's such a bummer like cj mccollum goes off for 38 points tonight has a great game but no zion for a significant amount of time probably more than a month uh brandon ingram still you know hit his toe with the mallet and has to come back uh and herb jones was out tonight as well so just a uh a, a shitty situation for this team but i don't think it's dampened the enthusiasm necessarily around them even though there are all these injuries i think everybody's still pretty on board with the potential of the pelicans yeah there was a fun win against washington uh last night two nights ago um, you know, CJ and Jonas stepping in really, you know, you talk about that senior leadership. I mean, these are the, the pillars of the Pelicans currently and they're fan favorites and they're just flat out good. It's for them to demolish a stinky wizards team. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's fun. And you know, you keep talking about the rotating cast next man up, blah, 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 blah. It's kind of getting uh, old and tiring. Like you, I, I don't really think like, hey, who's stepping up tonight? I'm just watching the Pelicans, knowing that it will be a competitive game and enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you're having to play guys. Devonte Graham tonight played 20 minutes. Jackson Hayes played 18 minutes. Like it is not, you know, you're starting Dyson Daniels. Like it is a tough road when you go play good teams to have to play these dudes who are literally like Jackson Hayes was not playing at all for weeks and now he's having to come off and play 20 minutes it's like this is a very difficult situation and it does show how uh you know the effort is still there so they're able to beat certainly beat a lot of bad teams and they're able to hang tough in a lot of these games against good teams 
but I don't know how long you can continue this until Brandon Ingram comes back. I, when we were talking last week, I really did think he'd be back by the time we were talking again because I cannot believe how many times I've done this show and been like, well, Brandon Ingram will be back soon. Yeah, I thought that the the plethora of injuries would bump up Brandon Ingram's return a little bit. Yeah. I feel like the caution has been taken. I feel like we are in the super extra extreme <laughs> yes. precaution zone right now. Yes. And maybe missing everybody on the team would nudge Brandon towards it. Yeah. He's going to have to get the Pistorius <laughs> razor leg things. <laughs> the Blade Runner treatment. I yeah. don't know. Can we put a, can we get a steel toed Nike? Like a, uh, like a Caterpillar work boot. Yeah. yeah. I I find it just bizarre. They're you know it's always like well he's getting close to practicing or he's shooting around. It's like what's going on? What the hell's going on? He was a full participant at, at practice this week. Good it was announced play. And then if you ever tweet about it, there's like a Brandon Ingram army that just comes down from the heavens like sting and just beats you with a baseball bat about what an asshole you are for questioning you know a, a bruised toe keeping a guy out for two months there are i think there's like a network the russian bots that interfered <laughs> with the election quote unquote they they also are big lonzo ball stands yes 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 Brandon ingram anybody that's been on the lakers for 10 minutes has so anon yes. has an eight thousand person army on twitter mm -hmm. yeah i mean you know you said it as long as this team keeps winning there's not going to be any scrutiny maybe there shouldn't be it's just you know it's it's a lot of silence and i think the i think the fans I think I sure when I say the fans, I'm sure. speaking of me. Of, of course. course, we're just getting antsy. Yes, and, and there's a little bit of tension because it's like, how long can you do this for? And this will be a good test this week, right? Like, so you beat the Wizards, so you got drilled by the Mavericks, you lost the Nets, so that's two good teams that you lost to without those guys, right? Mm -hmm. Then you dr beat the Wizards, great. That's a game you should win. You lose to Boston, a game you should lose. Now you have Detroit on the road. That's a game you have to win. And then Cleveland, Miami, Orlando, Miami, Denver. These are games that, like, with a healthy team, you'd be favored. And without them, I don't know how many of them you're favored in. And so it starts to become, like, these are winnable games you're watching disappear. It's really bunched up at the top of the West. You could lose a ton of ground really quickly. And it does feel like all they need is one more guy. Like, with Zion, they were fine in McCollum. Mm -hmm. With Ingram and McCollum, they'd be fine. But without either of them, it feels like you're kind of digging out of a hole against any team that is decent. And and that is the uh, the difficult position of all of this. Yeah, the Pelicans uh, really have to shoot the lights out to win whenever it's just Jonas and CJ and whoever around yeah. them, you know, guys like Jackson should not be playing 20 minutes, but even guys like Najee and Jose 
still probably aren't in the 30 minute range consistently and you're yeah. seeing these fourth quarters kind of you, you've seen this pelican uh this problem with the pelicans before where the fourth quarter is just kind of a quagmire mm-hmm. and when you've got these back-to-backs you're on the road everybody's injured you can't have Jose playing 40 minutes a night yeah. and just expect uh, uh, to win these games. And you'd be a complete douchebag like I've been. You'd be a complete douchebag to be like righteous indignation mad about the Pelicans losing in Boston tonight. Right. Or losing to Brooklyn or to Dallas on a back-to-back on the road. It's like, what are they going to do? It's like the, the, the fact that they're playing with the guys they have – you cannot expect them to win, but at the same time, it's not as if the games don't matter. Like th- all of these games still count. You just need to get something back. And Dyson Daniels, as good as he is, should not be in the starting lineup. You know? No, like, not against Boston. No, it's like that is a really uh, crazy thing to ask of him. Now, if you don't beat Detroit on Friday, yeah, I think then you've got a problem where it's like, okay, there's something wrong. Uh, with this team right now but I don't think there's anything wrong with them I think they're playing to their highest possible ability they just do not have the guys to close out against a above average team and how long can that go on until you're like gonna lose out on something that you've worked really hard to get which is either home court advantage Mm -hmm. or uh, a top you know at one point they were the one seed and I think that was a feasible goal when Zion was healthy but now you've got to kind of recalibrate and uh they just need to get Brandon Ingram back on the court and in the meantime, pray that no one else gets hurt. Well, we've been recalibrating this whole season. You know, I think yeah. uh, 10, 9, and 8 seeds were all like, whoa, that'd be incredible. Yeah. And now we're bitching about not being in the number one spot. You yeah. know, those three games that you mentioned, if the Pelicans had been fully healthy, maybe you squeak one of those out. Mm-hmm. Um, Herb Jones, uh, he has a back contusion. These contusions. I know. What are these guys doing? When I was a kid, they were bruises. Now they've upgraded <laughs> it to a contusion. Um, it was just such a kick in the balls. It is. Because is Herb Jones uh, a game changer when you're playing the best of the best? I don't know. To he, some he degree. Can be, yeah. yeah. He certainly helps against Jason Tatum, yeah, you know, and Jalen Brown. Like that's, it's just so. Uh, you expect if the stars are out that the other guys won't get hurt. I know because you've used up all of your injury <laughs> juju on the superstars. Yeah, you so can't have then, everybody. Oh, huh? it's like Larry Nance is injured, but he's. <laughs> it is. It's just draining more than anything, and. It is not the end of the world. It is not like time to, you know, start pounding your fist and going, this team needs to fix X, Y, and Z. It's time for a trade. It's time to fire someone. It's not. It's not time to do anything. Yeah. It's just like you're sort of watching. You're impressed with the effort. You're. Uh, they really are like getting about as much as you can possibly ask out of these guys. But you know on a lot of nights they're just going to lose. And the and it's it's one thing when you're in the overall direction of that of like a team that's building through the lottery and you, you sort of know that you're not necessarily even tanking but you're a bad team and you're going to lose etc that's different than like this team which you can see is slowly losing their position in the west mostly through injury and not through any other reason and i can i got to imagine for the guys around the team it's a very frustrating position to be in 
Their spirits seem high, you know, whenever they show shoot arounds, they're always like they just look like a cohesive team. Like yeah. they have been all season. Uh, and the injured players are there and they're supporting their teammates, which is something we, you know, <laughs> aren't super used to in New Orleans. And to see there was already footage of, of Zion taking shots and working out mm-hmm. with his injury. Uh, Herb's injuries uh, back related. I don't think there's any timetable for it. No. Uh, which I guess means infinitely. Yeah, well, the, in- the, what's the point of the timetables yeah. anymore? I mean, seriously. Does anyone believe any of the timetables? They just need to say <laughs> he. It, the only way you would believe it is they go. I swear to God. <laughs> listen like to a, me, guys. Like, <laughs> in the in the in the parentheses they put in the injury report, just says, "Listen <laughs> to me, guys. I promise. Two weeks. I want the guy that owns the sporting goods store in the Sopranos. <laughs> listen." I understand why you're mad. Please listen to me. I swear to God, I will get you Brandon Ingram next week. Please. I have a family. Shouldn't have spent a lot of money gambling. Uh, uh, dude, it is a, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's not bad. Because bad would be, you know, like, what are they doing? Like, the Timberwolves is bad. Mm-hmm. They're a, a shit show on top of a disaster. Like, they're, that's a mess. Th- this isn't that at all. Uh, we've seen that a lot of times with this team. We're going, you know, there's inexplicable losses. And they're just, you're just sort of waiting. And uh, in the meantime, you know, it, it's frustrating because you see the position starting to dwindle and, I think they'll be okay ultimately. Uh, and really, what do you think they need to be? Just a top four seed, and that's probably like as much as they could ask for going to the playoffs. It seems realistic. Uh, you know, some of these teams are going to start ramping it up. There's been a lot of scrutiny around Golden State coasting through the season. Mm-hmm. They're they're not the first defending champs to coast through a season, yeah. and then ramp it up near the end. Yeah. But I think you're going to see more and more teams doing that in the Western Conference. Yeah. And the Pelicans have been pedal to the metal the mm-hmm. whole season, so you got to their ramping it up will be not being injured. It's going to be <laughs> competitive, it's going to be fun, and I'm just excited that the Pelicans are a really good team. Yeah. So on that note, we will take a quick break. We'll get back to you. We've got of course some local news and sprinkle in all sorts of very fun exciting things. Stick around right here at and Push. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? The free, the no sweat bet is pretty sweet. So if you just put, like, you can literally bet $10 on anything, some crazy odds, and it doesn't matter because you're going to get the money back at the end of the day in another bet. 
Why wouldn't you do this? The crazy odds are the most fun. Yeah. You can just bet on a kicker to get a passing touchdown <laughs> and win millions. Exactly. And if it loses, you get the money back. You get back. $10 back. This is your Groundhog Day, a chance to make things right. <laughs> and, yeah, I use DraftKings often. I ignore my family by staring at the uh, live odds. I've done a thing where I do a lot of live betting on each individual drive. That's been pretty sweet. That's a great way to uh, to really drain your brain uh, is, is just staring at your phone as those odds change throughout the uh, throughout the drive. Very good times. I really enjoy DraftKings. I like to parlay something easy, Jonas Valanciunas double-double, with something insane, Jackson Hayes double-double. <laughs> if it pays off. And guess what? If it doesn't pay off... No sweat bet. $10 back. Give it back to me. That's right. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code Polk and Kush. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Polk, A-N-D, Kush, K-U-S-H. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. That's a sponsor. It is filled with juicy jazz, squalling trumpets, and a tiny little crawdaddy. You put Paris in a swamp, and that's Nolans in a nutshell, baby. It was a wild week in New Orleans. Uh, this first story was like a scene out of a movie uh, that was made for Netflix. <laughs> this was like... <laughs> it is a dystopian nightmare, I know. Um... You ever been to the Tasty Donuts? Tasty Donuts is a staple of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, it was not affected by inflation whatsoever. <laughs> They've never raised their prices. Everything, uh, the building is brown, the roof is brown, the donuts are brown. Everything in there is very just beige and from the 70s. Wood paneling. I yep. smoke in there when I go there. <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to. But uh, just on the 10th, what is today? The 11th. Yesterday, thieves crashed a truck into the front of the donut shop at Tuesday morning before stealing the store's ATM. Imagine you're like, man, I love waking up in the morning. I'm going to go get a donut so I can have a, a nice snack before my day gets started. Surely a truck won't crash through the front of this store and steal an ATM while I'm in here. <laughs> it seems like a low-level concern. When given the list of concerns when doing anything, uh, the idea that a car in the middle of the day is going to ram through it uh, is not high in the list. I think we're used to worrying about vehicles when we're driving and when we are walking. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't think so much that they're going to crazy taxi into yes. the Tasty Donuts. Just Kool-Aid man right into your breakfast. <laughs> Employees tell WWL-TV that the crash happened after 4.30 a.m. at the Tasty Donuts at 2500 Esplanade Avenue. A car smashed into the front of the building. It was a truck, not a car. Mm. What, they think a Yaris is going <laughs> to steal an ATM? Prompting them to run out of the back of the building to safety. Only it wasn't really safety. They were just running out the back of the building to more danger. (laughs) The thieves, uh, they had guns and they tried to shoot the security cameras. That's uh, that's smart, I would say. Most 
most people are ignoring the cameras totally to try and shoot it like you're, you know, in the... In GoldenEye? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they had some proximity <laughs> minds that could have uh, thrown out there. Um, considering there's footage of all of this, I'm guessing that they weren't good <laughs> shots at the cameras. Um, but then they uh, drove off with the ATM. There is no mention whatsoever of where the ATM I is. I read somewhere the ATM had no money in it. Oh, okay. Does it say it on there? Um, this one hasn't been updated. Okay. I, somewhere I read that the ATM actually was like not even functioning. Well, even better. Yeah, which is great. You get a two-ton paperweight <laughs> that will join the piles of tires. Exactly. We can kill someone with this, right? You drop it you on drop them. Drop it like on somebody. Yeah. <laughs> How much TV can I mention in one podcast? How many shows? Uh, yeah, dude, that is, uh, you know, at least the car, the odds of the car being was stolen that they got run through the shop had to be 100%, right? Yeah, I would think so. They stole the car and then went and did that. Yeah, they said that uh, I saw today 240 cars have been stolen in 2023 here. That's It's January 11th. Uh, that stuff doesn't really make the news very much, like the stolen cars. You really have to see that on like Nextdoor and Reddit and Instagram. Because I guess it's it's just not even on the news. <laughs> 240 cars. I saw somebody post the other day. They were like, hey, everyone, uh, my car was stolen. Um, what uh, grocery delivery service do you guys <laughs> recommend? It's, like, it's not even a big deal anymore. I'm just going to bend over and, you know, just do whatever you want. I'll just be here reading a book. And, uh, you know, we briefly mentioned it earlier, but this is uh, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. The uh, NOPD uh, said that they had discovered the hot spots in the city for car burglaries, carjackings, mm -hmm. break-ins, and that they were going to monitor those for events. And then, lo and behold, the Panthers come to town, which technically is an event. Yes. It may not be a star-studded <laughs> one. Uh, but uh, dozens of cars were broken into again during the game. This is, I think, this is that parking lot uh, across from Walk-Ons. Yep. Um, and there's also a garage. Yeah, a garage on the 1000 uh, block of Common Street. Uh, people are stealing cars. They're stealing trucks. They're stealing Shriners cars. They stole the Pope Mobile, Mr. Bean's car. The uh, Oscar <laughs> Mayer Wiener Mobile, uh, all of these things are gone. Um, this time, there's never an excuse. This time, the NOPD said, "Hey, we know we're monitoring it. We're drinking at walk-ons. We'll keep an eye out the window." Yeah, exactly. We waved to them as we watched it happen. And this is this wasn't just windows getting smashed. Trucks were stolen. Um, and you know, you really, you don't victim blame. You don't. You don't do any of that. Crime should not be happening. However, <laughs> they showed some of these people in the news, and they're like, uh, yeah, they uh, smashed my window and stole 18 guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so you're driving 
a target. You're driving Bigfoot. Uh huh. You're driving Gravedigger. Yes. You're driving a target, a giant truck mm-hmm. with uh, "Let's Go Brandon" in a flame <laughs> font on the back of it, and big truck nuts on. You the back, have yeah. a sticker on your car that says. Keep honking. I have 17 <laughs> guns in this vehicle. P.S. Please don't steal them. And then you park there. Yeah. You get your 17 guns stolen. And then you're like, they stole my 17 guns. <laughs> it's very targeted to the trucks. You Very targeted. You're not going to stop any. There are no stories in the news of guy stops carjacking in his monster truck by shooting a 12-year-old in the face. <laughs> That doesn't happen. No. It never works out that way. If you're terrified of the city, don't come. Yeah, come in well, your, I think that's going to be the result. Come, gonna be, nobody's going to come. Come in your wife's car. I don't know. Bring pepper spray. Just don't bring guns to get stolen. I know you should be able to. Yeah. I wish I could take a gun into Walmart. <laughs> 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 but you just can't do, you can't do it and all you're doing you're not you're you are not staying safe you are making everyone else unsafe unfortunately yeah yeah i mean it is uh now they're they're proposing i saw um the city council is proposing that there will be attendance for every single private parking lot what are these guys gonna do <laughs> what are those guys gonna do you're paying some dude 15 bucks an hour to stand there and make sure that the car... Now, someone f- magically shows up every time that somebody didn't pay and needs to get booted. <laughs> That's true. They magically show up for that. When they're, when they're uh, you know, getting the cars busted into, there happens to be no one ever on the property. So, you know, I, I, I understand, you know, maybe wanting to have somebody around there maybe would... But that might be the worst job in the world, to be the parking attendant standing out there on Loyola Avenue in the middle of a Saints game in the rain and just watching cars getting busted into. These guys are like, what are you going to do? It's like, oh, I guess I can call the cops. Four hours from now, they might come by to write a report about it. Well, maybe we just change the way that uh, parking garages work and they put the... uh the the boot on every vehicle when they come in <laughs> they can't steal and then you pay to get the boot removed when you leave <laughs> that's right. maybe that's just how they work like those now. cell phone pouches when you go see a comedy show yeah <laughs> or i they don't have it here but in like california they have like the carvana towers oh yeah so maybe everybody just parks in this mm-hmm. you know 80 story dome that's right then they have to. They can only steal one car at a time. One, yeah, that's right. They used to have the double decker things, but they used to also have valet garages. I don't know if those still exist. They in the used quarter. to have a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> ain't there no more. Uh, yeah, there's the surface parking lots in the middle of a Saints or Pelicans game is like being an attendant out there would have to be one of the worst jobs because. Someone would be expecting you to be able to stop the crime as it's occurring, yeah. and you would have absolutely no ability to do so. No. And you would just be standing there watching the guy who gave you $20 and watching his car get broken into as they rip uh, you know, machetes and machine guns out from underneath the, uh, the truck bed. Well, what's going to suck is uh, those lots always have signs that say, like, no one works here. Don't give money to anybody. Mm-hmm. And for the next year that they're implementing this, people are going to go, oh, no, I actually work here. Yeah. Remember that law? 
<laughs> I'm I work here, so you need to pay me. Yeah. And then he's just gonna run away. Of course. Or she. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh it is a uh you know, I do think the parking people should take some level of responsibility for it. It is ludicrous, the concept that they would have. That's like, oh, this is just happening on our property. They should have some level of liability for it. But at the same time, it is obviously not the job of the parking people to keep the cars from being busted into. That is the job of the police. Yeah. Um, but there's not enough of them. And so this situation will probably never go away. No, probably not. Uh, another thing that will never go away uh, people that have been exiled by society for uh, maybe uh, racist, homophobic, uh, sexist remarks. Mm-hmm. And uh, there will always be a place for them as a chairman, captain, whatever the hell it's called, for Endymion. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, your buddy Mel Gibson, <laughs> uh, he was crowned. <laughs> Grand Marshal of Endymion for 2023. That was announced uh, a couple days ago, and people online and offline, uh-huh. literally, <laughs> people on any line or off any line, people in general, except the ghouls at Endymion in their eyes wide shut mask <laughs> with their skull and bone party, the Koch brothers who run Endymion, uh, selected Mel Gibson. Uh, Kevin Spacey, R. Kelly, <laughs> uh, Harvey Weinstein, and uh, a hologram of Michael Jackson to lead Endymion 2023. <laughs> Alongside Willie Fritz. <laughs> yeah, along with poor Willie. Oh, man. It was just a, a, that was a great couple hours in texting of yeah. everyone sharing that, being like, wow, that's inc- like. Nobody, nobody knew what was going on here. Nobody knew that Mel Gibson was like well renowned for being just a complete, you know, like he was just on the outside of society. They knew they just didn't care. They wanted to make a statement by choosing him. I think what you do in this situation is you take the article saying Mel Gibson made uh, captain of Endymion and you send it to Kyrie and you send it to Kanye (laughs) and you go, see, the Jews aren't in charge. <laughs> it gets better. I believe Mel Gibson once referred to Jews as oven dodgers. Whoa. That's an intense thing to say to anybody. Good Lord. Um, I, apparently, he also said things about black people. I don't remember that happening. Yeah, I'm that was a it phone did. call. Yeah, I'm, I'm, or a voicemail. <laughs> I'm certain it did. Um, but yeah, I also just, you know. It's not as if he's the my pillow guy. You know, he's not like a conservative firebrand who like is standing up for the Trump world. He's just a guy who everyone thinks is a dickhead who hasn't been relevant in 20 years. And it's like why would you risk your reputation what reputation you have? Why would you risk that over Mel Gibson like a washed up action star from literally like Braveheart was 20 years ago, 22 years ago. Yeah. Like, why would you? Shit, Braveheart might have been 30 Probably years ago. Probably more than that. Yeah, like yeah. 95, right? Like, that is, uh, it's just crazy to me that they would even, and then, of course, the statement was amazing that they gave, which was, there was no apology or no, like, oh, we didn't understand what Mel Gibson stood for. We didn't know he had all these this baggage. It was like, no, because of you people threatening us, we have to cancel Mel Gibson from coming to our party. It was like, yeah, man, you're the idiot who brought him on in the first yeah. place. But let's let me make one thing crystal clear. 
who cares? If th- this was the thing that like liberal Twitter in New Orleans was like going crazy about for two days while people are just getting destroyed on the streets. It was like 11 murders during the time that half these guys who spend all their lives on Twitter are just bitching about Mel Gibson and what racists and elites and whatever it is. Elites are not an endymion, by the way. There's a hundred other things that they're in. And these guys cannot stop going crazy about Mel Gibson. It's like, meanwhile, they're just getting people are just getting murdered in the street anonymously. Well, if with you no could, care, if you could tweet a thousand times to and stop s- somebody from getting murdered, I think we you would do that. <laughs> you can tweet and get Mel Gibson kicked off this thing, which he should be. If you could tweet and stop carjackings, people would do that. But that's not how that works. <laughs> that's that's, that's a false equivalent. It it doesn't matter though. My point is that there's the priorities here are so out of whack that something regarding Mardi Gras and a celebrity well, what, what just generates people... all this attention. And meanwhile, there's just this relentless, endless assault on the poorest people in the community and nobody gives a shit because it's so commonplace that there's nothing that you can do about it anymore. It doesn't even generate like a blip of outrage anymore. It's like, oh, how ma- a 15 year old got murdered in the middle of uh, Canal Street. All right. Well, I think it generates That's tomorrow. It generates the outrage to a soul deadening degree, but tweeting about it won't change it. Tweeting about the Mel Gibson thing is the only thing that stops it was already that from done. happening. Even when the Mel Gibson thing was done, everyone was still going crazy about it. Well, what should they do? Uh, not care, because who cares? Who cares who's riding on the float in Endymion? Yes, Endymion was stupid. I know your people, yeah. your tribe. <laughs> I could not. If Mel Gibson was on there, it would affect my life 0.0%. There's nothing about my day that would get ruined because Mel Gibson was standing on top of a float. Well, I don't care. Somebody... He shouldn't be doing it. It's a very stupid thing to do. But I also just cannot imagine the, the level of outrage that it reached in comparison to real things that are happening, just started to make me crazy. It might not ruin your day, but it might ruin somebody's day who's at that parade and looks up and sees Mel Gibson there, and then they're replaying that voicemail in their head where he's saying this terrible stuff about black people. That could ruin their fucking day. You know what else could ruin their day? Walk one block away and get punched in the face by someone. Yeah, <laughs> you could step on carjacked. A, it's like you can slip on a banana peel and ruin your day. It doesn't mean people should go around stepping on banana peels because nothing matters. <laughs> the 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 idea that this is like the biggest atrocity in New Orleans this week is crazy to me. Who it generated think? the most attention of anything. It was the Mel Gibson situation of him being named the Grand Marshal of Endymion for about two and a half hours. Well, whenever a celebrity is a, becomes a victim of crime in New Orleans, I think it will be as big of a story as this. Yeah. And it's happened before and it will happen again. Yeah, it's it's just celebrities. People are just getting gunned down every, every minute and a half in the city. That's and true. And no one cares. Because it's so commonplace. Yeah. Yeah, so this is where we're at. <laughs> Again, Mel Gibson should not be the Grand Marshal of Endymion. I, uh, I, think, I should. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and you know the happiest person here is Willie Fritz. Oh God, he was Poor Willie, co Grand Marshal with it. He's like, what did I have to do with this? People were getting mad at Tulane. Like, well, how could Tulane allow this? It was like 
Tulane allow this? Like they, they don't name the you know who the Grand Marshals are. I I didn't see uh, anybody getting upset at Tulane or Willie. Thankfully, I mostly saw people like concerned that Willie was being thrown in with this without yeah. having any idea of what was going on with it. Yeah, that that's rough. I don't. They have not announced a new person. Maybe it'll be Rush Limbaugh. Is he dead? <laughs> Remember they said they didn't want to get political, then they literally the next year brought on a Fox News correspondent who happened to be from here. It's like, you guys aren't hiding it all that well. They need to just swing for the fences and, you know, bring in... The, the guy with the uh, the e- the antlers from uh, January sixth. Yeah, they'll bring in him and <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner, and we'll see what people can figure out to get upset about there. Uh, Indivian. I, I haven't been to Indivian in a very long time, so it doesn't affect me whatsoever. I think my parade schedule is almost fully clear this season. <laughs> I don't intend on going often. Anyway, thank you to everyone uh, for listening this week. It was a fiery episode from our undisclosed lair in uh, deep in the heart of Metairie. Uh, thank you very much to Mr. Andrew Polk, to DraftKings, to Crescent Canna. Uh, use promo code CUSH for a free sample at CrescentCanna.com. Like, rate, subscribe, all the things that you always do. Thank you very much. We appreciate each and every one of you. We will see you next week on Polk and Kush. See ya.